Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, July 7th, 2023. Episode number 230 is coming at you. I hope everybody had a great week since I talked to you last Friday and an even better 4th of July. In the news, I found this out last weekend at the Mineral Wells, West Virginia racetrack, but Chris Carr is back. I showed up and I saw him wearing the American Flat Track clothes, shirt, hat. He was ready for business, so I uh, found out a little bit more. I kind of dug into it. And Chris Carr, his role will be race director, and he'll be working hand-in-hand with Brian Smith, who is the series director. So Kevin Crowther, who has been doing a couple of those positions, that will give him the freedom to go to other AMA Pro events. So they're also involved in motocross and hill climb and some other AMA Pro events. So that'll give him a little bit more freedom to get away from Uh, just being tied in and have to be at every flat track race. So congrats to Chris Carr. I look forward to working with him again. Mineral Wells, West Virginia last weekend. I uh, didn't think I'd ever been there before. And I rolled in there and some of the things started looking familiar. And then my producer, uh, Brad Jones, actually said that, that we were there together back in 2006, which was the last time that uh, AMA Pro slash AFT was there. And man, I just... Some of it was familiar, some of it wasn't, but uh, back then I was doing live eye sports. You know, it was kind of uh, webcasting before webcasting or streaming was even a thing back then. So I worked with Brad Jones and Ronnie Jones would sit beside me and be my color commentator. Sometimes it was Scotty Parker, sometimes it was Bill Warner, but uh, yeah, 2006 was the last time I was there. And before I get into the race recap, I just want to say that James the Rocket Rispoli did an excellent job. He was my uh, color analyst or flat track expert. And Hannah Lopa was our pit reporter. And both of them did a great job stepping in, you know, kind of cold turkey. James, a former number 43, a former, you know, production twins champion, you know, stepped right in and, and uh, was a pro and did an excellent job. And Hannah Lopez is a pro at that. She does the uh, pit reporting stuff for Moto America. So it was just a, a transition from pavement to, di- to dirt for Hannah. But again, I think they both did a great job. You might be able to hear some of the road traffic noise. I'm still on the road. I stayed out on the East Coast this week. I uh, flew out to Philly on Friday before Vinter Wells drove uh, a little bit further than I wanted to over to Mineral Wells, did that race, stayed in Mineral Wells one extra day, and then drove over to uh, Frederick, Maryland, did the Barbara Fritchie Classic. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And then after the Barbara Fritchie Classic, drove north into Pennsylvania, stayed there a couple days, and now we are in Middletown, New York. There's actually a race today out there at the uh, Orange County Speedway. Uh, it's PJ Jacobson's dad is in charge of that race. I'm not sure if I'm going to go out there or not, I might just swing by. So uh, let's go ahead and shift gears and talk about the Mineral Wells Half Mile. Uh, It was good. The track was dry at first. There was chances of rain, and I don't say the R word, or I try not to say the R word on race day, but it's not race day per se for Mineral Wells right now. So uh, yeah, there's a chance of rain, so they couldn't put as much moisture on the racetrack as they wanted to. As the chances of rain dissipated, they, they stopped and put water on the racetrack long straightaways tight corners what i liked about it is it was banked no real rubber was going down for quite a while so it seemed like the riders could ride 
you know, pretty much wherever they wanted to. It was about a 15-foot wide area, maybe even 25-foot wide area in some places where they could ride in the corners, and it made for some great racing. You know, like Lima always is great racing because you can't follow anybody. Well, at Mineral Wells, people were not following anybody, but that's because the track would hold you, and you had the ability to go look for another line look for a fast way around. So uh, all in all, it was a great time. I definitely hope the series goes back there next year. In the Parts Limited AFT singles class, fast qualifier was Cody Kopp, and that would be bad news for everybody else because Cody is uh, not always a good qualifier. It's better. I think he's definitely better when the you, know, you line them up and you race them. Some riders are just that way. I think Cody Kopp is one of those kind of riders. Uh, so he got the the fast qualifier picked up $500 from the Pronto Parks Plus uh, folks. And he went out there and won heat race number one. Trevor Bruner was second. Chase Sadoff was third. Jared Lowe had an excellent finish in his heat race, was fourth. Hunter Bauer was fifth. And Logan Eisenhard, that rookie of the year leader, got the sixth spot in heat race number one. Heat race number two, it was Ott, Max Whale, Trent Lowe, Chad Coase, Tom Drain, and Dalton Gauthier getting the transfer spots. Earlier today, Chad Coase had told me and actually told Rispoli two different instances that he was going to win. And uh, so he qualified fairly well, but then gets a fourth in the heat race, which puts him behind the eight ball a little bit. In the last chance qualifier, they take six riders. It was Zabala taking the win. Roos Evans was second. Mishler, you know, doing it the hard way coming through the last chance qualifier was third. Petten was fourth. Raggio and Terrence Santero got the last transfer spot. Shana Texter Bauman, who I expected to do very well at that racetrack, she had to use the provisional, so she was starting at the tail of the field. In the Alam Dallas Honda Challenge, it was Trevor Bruner picking up his first, you know, dash win of the season. Congrats to Trevor, starting to pick it up and get the ball rolling a little bit. In the main event, it's a pretty good race, but nobody had anything for Cody Cop. And like I mentioned on last week's podcast, car racetracks, half miles. Cop won four of them last year, so he's already starting off with one already this season. Trevor Bruner is best finished of the season with a second-place finish. James Ott, a second-third-place finish in a row. Trent Lowe getting up there fourth, and Chase Sadoff round out your top five. Sixth through ten was Max Whale, Tom Drain, Chad Coase, Dalton Gauthier, and Jared Lowe getting another top ten. So looking at the point standings, Cody Cop is way out in front, now has 40 points over Max, Chase, Trevor and Dalton. Let's kick it up a gear. Let's go on up to, uh, let's go to third gear this time. Mission Super Twins, fast qualifier was Jared Meese. And, you know, just like in the singles, that's bad news for everybody else. Jared Meese is a half mile specialist and he went out there and won heat race number one ahead of Briar. JD was third, JV 20, Vandekoy was fourth, Kobe Carlisle was fifth, and Bronson Baum getting that transfer spot directly out of the heat race. He finished sixth. Heat race number two, Davis Fisher started finding a very high line, uh, a lot different than anybody else was running. He ends up winning the second heat race. Uh, Dallas Daniels was second. Uh, Dan Bromley was third, you know, the part-timer. You know, he's picking and choosing which races he wants to go to, which races he wants to go to. He finished third. Robinson was fourth. Lowry was fifth. And Henry Wiles, again, on the grumpy old men racing uh, riding for BriggsAuto.com, which is Russ Briggs, and then Johnny Goad, who's the mechanic. So uh, Wiles gets that trans- the last transfer spot. The last chance qualifier is Johnny Lewis, Ben Lau, Cam Smith, Brandon Price, who was riding on one of the Ryan Varnes racing KTMs. Billy Ross was fifth, and Cody Johncox got the last transfer spot. So that means Ryan Wells was forced to use a provisional. 
in the dash, I think was probably the most exciting race of the night for uh, the super twins. I I know the main event was really good too, but, uh, Fisher using that high line, passing everybody and taking the win of the mission too fast too tasty challenge race. In the main event, Jared Meese grabbed the whole shot after Fisher. Fisher actually initially had the whole shot, and he went about three feet, and then all of a sudden he stood that Indian straight up on that back wheel. He had to check up. That put him back in about sixth place, and he had to fight his way through the pack and just wasn't able to make up any time. So Meese grabs his 69th win of his career. Craig Rogers, 74th win as the team owner. Kenny Tolbert picks up his 130th win as a crew chief. Briar Bauman was second on the KTM, a good run for him, uh, carrying some momentum from the Lima half mile. Dallas Daniels was third. Uh, that's 12 straight podiums for Dallas. He actually had to work really hard for this one, got up there right at the end. He had contact with uh, Dan Bromley kind of in the middle of that main event, and I think both of them had to check up. They both lost a lot of momentum, but Dallas really had to work hard to get that uh, final spot on the podium. Again, that's 12 straight, 11 this year, plus the season finale last year for Dallas. Uh, J.D. Beach, another solid finish for J.D., fourth. And Davis Fisher, who was uh, fast all day, he would have to settle for fifth. Sixth through tenth will be Dan Bromley. Vandekoy, seventh. Johnny Lewis, eighth. Henry Wiles, ninth. And Jeffrey Lowry with the tenth place finish. Uh, one question mark I have leaving there was Brandon Robinson. Uh, really expected him to do well. He always goes good on the car tracks. And he finished 11th. And for what I've been told afterwards, he just could not get the bike turned. Just in the middle of the corners, they were struggling and kind of missed the setup all night long. Taking a look at the point standings, Dallas Daniels is now ahead five points ahead of Jared Meese. That is the closest since the start of the season. So Meese is chipping away at it and now is only five points behind Dallas Daniels remember Dallas is just in his second season Meese is still looking for his ninth championship it be his eighth grand national championship plus he has a twins championship in his back pocket Briar Bauman third in the points J.D. Beach is fourth and Davis Fisher he's still sitting right there in fifth and that was his goal at the start of the season so I got this note from Burt Sumner Jared Meese now has one on 36 different tracks that's Grand Nationals. That's not, you know, Steve Nace races. That's not growing up. That's not, you know, amateur races. That is 36 different tracks in American Flat Track. And he's also tied with Scotty Parker for the most half-mile wins in our sport with 35. Well, that was a wrap on the Mineral Wells half-mile. Like I said, I hope we go back there. The racing was great. Uh, pretty big crowd. Uh, they all sit on a grassy hill. They bring their lawn chairs, and I think there was a pretty big attendance I don't get to see those numbers, but I hope we go back there next year. Let's kick it up one more gear. Let's go ahead and bump it up. Let's go to fourth gear. Tuesday was the 102nd running of the Barbara Fritchie Classic. That is going on at Frederick, Maryland at the fairgrounds there, and it's a very unique racetrack. It's a very narrow track. It's a pea gravel, but when you water it, it gets really, really dark, and they have to water it and drag it probably after about every you know, probably five races or so. In the main events, we had to drag it more than that because uh, it was just really hot and it was really windy. But again, the uniqueness of the track is you go up the front straightaway, a tight left-hand turn for turn one and two, and then you go down the back straightaway. So you're carrying a lot of momentum down that back chute into turn number three. I believe there's only two bikes that went down, one in practice off of turn number two, got into the fence, and I uh, heard he got a collarbone and 
and uh, was getting hit, checked out for any further injuries. And then one other rider went down in turn number three, got up, and was able to keep going. So uh, I think there was only two, maybe three people touched the ground. So that was good news. Uh, I do have the results. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail, but there was two dash for cashes. Uh, Richard Riley, Steve Nace, they raise a lot of money uh, for the riders. But in the all-star singles, uh, taking the win was Dominic Bolak, 46 years old. His road tax was flying, but it also had some carburetor issues a little bit later on. We'll talk about that in one of the other races. But uh, Bolak taking the win. Corey Texter was second. Cameron Smith was third. Travis Petten fourth. Johnny Conaby was fifth. And... Freight Train McGrain was six in the All-Star Singles Dash. In the All-Star Twins Dash, it would be the number one of Corey Texter on his own Yamaha taking the win. Second was Sean Bear on that BMW that he rode at Lima in the uh, Hooligan class. Third was Cameron Smith. Fourth was Dan Bromley. Fifth was McGrain. And sixth was the 45 of Dustin Healy. I don't know that, that kid very well, but he uh, was trying to make a name for himself out there this weekend. 450 amateur class, the the uh, 65 Evan Renshaw, again, the 2023 Nikki Hayden Horizon Award winner was on fire. I think he was a clean sweep of the day. Heat races and main events in every class he was out there on. 44 of uh, Ryder Reese, his first time up there to Frederick. He was second in the 13X. Cole Jose was third in the 450 amateur class. Open vintage class. It was my good buddy, Rick Reed, who's from California, 69 and a half years of age. He won on his Triumph, and Daryl Jakubowski was second. He's 46 years old on his Triumph. Third was the 51 of Sean Glass, and he was pumped up to be up there on that podium. So congrats to your vintage riders. Main event number three was your all-star singles class, and it was the 65 of Corey Texter taking the win. Cameron Smith was second. The 82, Travis Petten, was third, and it was his first time ever at Frederick. And, uh, you know, he's just trying to get used to all the different kinds of racetracks and his season is pretty good so far for Travis Petten. Fourth was the 62 of Dan Bromley, and fifth was the 13X of Cole Jose. And that was the uh, the class where Dominic Bolak actually jumped the start. They put him on the back row. He got to the lead, was out in front, and in three and four had carburetor issues, was back to about sixth or seventh, maybe even eighth, and worked his way all the way back up to sixth. So uh, Bolak was on the gas, and actually Daryl Bear, Sean Bear's dad, uh, brought him back onto the podium and gave him a $100 bill for being the hard charger, and uh, he put on a show for the fans, and they were re- really cheering him on. Uh, Dominic, a former winner of the Lima, Ohio Half Mile, is always good on pea gravel. Hooligan class, there were three entries. There was Sean Bear taking the win on the BMW. A 77-year-old rider, Randy Neal, was the crowd favorite all day. He was second, and Gordon Snyder, Uh, Just one year into hooligan racing was third. Open amateur singles class. It was the 65 again. Renshaw taking the win. 44 Ryder Reese was second. Third is the 12. Loak Nadeau from Canada. Had trouble with his name all day, but he ended up finishing third in that open singles class. Senior 40-plus class, it was one of my favorite riders to watch up here. It's Rick Winsett, who is a former Daytona short track winner. If you think back... Possibly, I think, in the 90s, he showed up and and whooped everybody's butt at the Daytona Short Track wearing a hoodie, and uh, I will always remember him. The 36, uh, Rich Mellinger was second. The 11X of Yees Bozvart, 
from Three Rivers, Quebec, Canada. I know I, I messed that one up because I did it on the podium too. I had trouble, even when he said it, I had trouble saying it, but he ended up third, and that class was to honor uh, Frank Primrose, who passed away earlier this year. They honored him, putting a lot of extra money in that Senior 40-plus class. Open Pro-Am class it was a 65, Evan Renshaw taking the win. Again, he's 15 years old. Ryder Reese was second. He's 14 years old. Dominic Bolak was third, and uh, he was 46 years old. So, uh, man, uh, good racing out there. And that uh, that was the Open Pro-Am class, and Renshaw is the real deal, that is for sure. After that 250 amateur class, the 44 Ryder Reese took the win. Second was Mateo Racine from Quebec, Canada, and third was the 14 of Brandon Ramsell from Whitehall, Maryland. And the last race of the day was your All-Star Twins. They prepped the racetrack right before this one. They went 10 laps. They had lap money, $100 to lead every lap. And Corey Texter just went out there and dominated. He did lead every single lap. 34 Cameron Smith was second. He was a real close second until uh, he made a bobble in turns one and two, went up into the deep stuff, and it almost sucked him into the hay bales, but somehow he saved it. But he lost touch with the leader, so uh, he would finish quite a, quite a ways back. But Cameron Smith was second. Bromley was third. Uh, after uh, Sean Bear's bike started smoking with about two or three laps to go, I think the, uh, the radiator started letting go, so they ended up black flagging him. Logan McGrain was fourth. Uh, Mitch Harvitt was fifth, and that was your results from the 102nd running of the Barbara Fritchie Classic. That was a Fredericktown Yamaha sweep of the Expert Twin Podium. That was pretty cool because they sponsored the event and make sure that all the fans are there. And uh, let's go ahead and kick it into high gear, so fifth gear. This weekend, we are headed to Orange County Speedway in Middletown, New York. So I did some research and got my uh, record book out. And we've actually raced there four times. It's in Middletown, New York. The last time was 35 years ago. It was 1988. Scott Parker won on Harley-Davidson. It was his 16th career win. The year before that, 1987, my good buddy Ronnie Jones took the win on a Honda. That was his fifth career win. Before that, it was way back in 1979. Randy Goss won on a Harley-Davidson. It was his first Grand National win. And he went on to become the 1980 Grand National champion. And in 1977, we raced in Middletown. It was Mike Kidd, who was also on board a Harley-Davidson. It was his sixth career win, and he went on to be the 1981 Grand National Champion. Uh, Randy Goss went on to, after flat track, went on to be a crew chief in NASCAR and actually was a crew chief in the Cup Series from 2002 to 2003 with Greg Biffle. Uh, with one win and then he, he was also in the Xfinity series he had nine wins he had several different drivers in the truck series he was a crew chief for quite a while he had 20 wins in the Canaan Pro series he had two wins from 2012 to 2014 and those two wins were by Kyle Larson so it's pretty cool how you can connect the dots to flat track to sprint cars to NASCAR to Canaan Pro and Kyle Larson was the winner again Randy Goss went on to be a an excellent crew chief after his racing in flat track. After this weekend, we have New Jersey left. We have Peoria TT, Rapid City Half Mile now taking the place of Buffalo Chip, Castle Rock TT, and then Springfield Mile 1 and Springfield Mile 2. Some more notes on this weekend at Middletown, New York. The best I can tell, it's a 5 eighths mile, again, car track. 
Uh, so I'm expecting the same players as we had late last weekend. I really expect Brandon Robinson to get uh, his stuff figured out. Hopefully he'll be closer to the front. But again, the same players. Uh, Dallas Daniels, can't count him out. Jared Meese, he's the half-mile specialist. Uh, J.D. Beach has been up there all year long. I really would like to see Jared Vandekoy get up there and get in the mix. And you never know who else might show up and get in the, the thick of things in the Super Twins. There are 24 of them entered into this weekend. Seven Yamahas, six Indians, four KTMs, four Kawasaki's, two Royal Enfields, and one Harley-Davidson. In the AFT Parts Limited Singles class, there are 31 entries, two Australians, one Canadian, 13 KTMs, that's a big number, 12 Hondas, three Husqvarnas, and three Yamahas. And just like the Super Twins, I'm looking for the same same guys up front again in the singles class. Bruner looked pretty good last weekend. I expect him to be up there near the front. Cop's going to be there. Max Wells going to be there. He's right there second the points. And I think I'm ready for Chase Saddle to get up there and win his first race. It could happen right here this weekend. I think, I think I'm going to go with that. I'll, I'll go ahead and throw Saddle picking up his first win. And I think Trent Lowe's going to be up there. The man to beat, though, is Cody Cop on the number one. Also running this weekend is the Grand National Hooligan Series. They'll be racing with us as well. After the races are over Saturday night, I'll sleep quick and then head on to the airport and fly back to Chicago. I'm doing a race up in Wisconsin on uh, Thursday at Elkhorn, Wisconsin. I'm going to try to ke- catch some race cars on Tuesday night at the Slinger Nationals. But uh, Thursday is the Rib Fest that's going on at the Elk- Elkhorn, Wisconsin Half Mile Track. There'll be four classes running, so if you're anywhere near that area, come on by and check it out. It's a Grand National Hooligan Championship Series race as well. Also going on next weekend, there are two double headers. you got Baker's Bash. If you're anywhere up north, go to uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Two days of racing on a really cool half mile. If you're anywhere out east, come out out here to RVA. Mike Hacker and John Nickens, they're putting on two races at two different tracks. Again, both of those are going on next weekend. Then the AFT Series moves to a half mile in Bridgeport, New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. That's July 22nd. The prelude to the National at Peoria Speedway, that's July 28th. That's a Friday night. If you haven't checked that one out, if you're going to Thunder Valley to watch Peoria, Check out Peoria Speedway on July 28th. That's a Friday night to honor Joe Baggett. Saturday night, they're racing at the Galesburg Short Track, just down the road, not too far away from Peoria. And then Sunday, Thunder Valley, the Peoria TT. That's going on July the 30th, and it's back on a Sunday. We had it on Saturday just in case it rained out, then we could run it on a Sunday. And the attendance just wasn't there like it used to be on a Sunday. So there's usually a big party downtown Peoria, down on the river, on the Riverwalk area. You know, there's usually bands, all kinds of cool stuff going on. So maybe we'll get some more fans out there on Sunday. So that's what they're hoping for. Well, that's all I got here for this week. It's, uh, you know, just a a lot of me talking, but I just want to fill you in of what's been going on in my world, the two-wheel world of flat track motorcycle racing. It's been a pretty busy week. Can't wait to see what happens at a, a new track for me this weekend at Orange County Speedway. We know one thing, there's going to be new winners because nobody else, nobody that's racing here this weekend raced 35 years ago. I think Jared Meese was two years old. So uh, Jared Meese has raced here before. Kristen Beats got a little secret that she's going to tell us about during the broadcast. Hopefully we can get that in on Saturday because she got a great note. I did hear about that on our conference call this week. So I'm not going to ruin her surprise. She does the research, so I'll let her share her note with you. 
Well, that's all I got. Thanks for all you folks for listening. Uh, Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Off the Groove. Yeah.